The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hi, this is Daniel Lemon, author of the book Manipulated, and you're listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast, helping you keep up with the smartest thinking in the quickly changing field of modern marketing. And now, here's your host, Douglas Burdett. Hello, thanks for joining me on the Marketing Book Podcast, where each week I publish an interview with the author of a new marketing or sales book, and which has been named by Forbes and LinkedIn, amongst others, as one of the top marketing podcasts. Don't worry about taking notes. You can find links to everything linkable in this episode's website page at marketingbookpodcast.com. And since I get to read every book featured on the show, if I can recommend a specific marketing or sales book or any other resource I know of for whatever challenge you're facing, send me a LinkedIn connection invite with a message that you're a listener, and I will do my best to get you pointed in the right direction. My name again is Douglas Burdett. All right, let's get on with the show. Today, we're joined by Daniel Lemon, and we're going to talk about his book, Manipulated, How Business Owners Can Fight Fraudulent Online Ratings and Reviews. Daniel Lemon is a respected authority on the reputation industry and has been quoted in USA Today, Fox News, CBS Radio, and many other national and international news outlets. An early Google hire, Daniel was one of the first to realize the importance, impact, and power of online ratings and reviews on small businesses and the ongoing struggle business owners have with their online reputations. Daniel is an expert on digital marketing, public relations, and reputation management, and is a consultant for Fortune 500 companies and is also a senior strategist with Jay Bear's consulting firm, Convince and Convert. He's a regular contributor to the Convince and Convert Marketing blog, which is one of the best marketing blogs on the planet and is a frequent speaker at industry events and trade shows. Daniel, congratulations on Manipulated and welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast. Thank you very much. It is my privilege to be here. Well, this topic of your book is extremely timely and it's cool. And you know why I can say it's cool? Why is that? Are you a, are you a Yelper? chance <laughs> actually actually i'm not a yelper but as we've discussed uh, offline south park just came out with an episode about people doing online reviews and true to south park's uh, character and and everything i expect from that uh, masterpiece of his show it just ripped yelpers to pieces and compared <laughs> them to isis uh, terrorists as i recall i don't know yeah. if you've had a chance to see it yet yeah, I have watched it at length a few different times. It's it is <laughs> only for professional reasons, though, right? Moments. Yeah, <laughs> it is one of the most cathartic things you could possibly you could possibly watch as a business owner. I, I'm just I was I'm just amazed that they didn't like read <laughs> read your book before they wrote this, but <laughs> <laughs> perhaps they did. Yeah. Uh, well, can you explain the title of the book and 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 spell it? And it's even the website for your book. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's uh, well. The title of the book, as as you said, is "Manipulated," um, rated with an R. And the the idea came to me. Uh, I was start. I was speaking with a lot of business owners who have varying degrees of frustration with their online reviews and their ratings. 
uh, and also the people who write reviews, but a lot of it to do with the platforms themselves. And it, uh, what I started hearing was this resounding theme again and again and again that business owners, in particular uh, small and medium business owners, they uh, they express this this frustration that came across as feeling manipulated. Like we, you know, we don't know what's happening, but we something something is fishy here. Something ain't right. We feel like we're being manipulated and we don't know what to do about it. And so I, I uh, being a classic marketing person, I thought, well, there's there's a word we can make for that. That's you're you're feeling manipulated is what that's uh, is what that feeling is. So that that was kind of the birth of the idea behind the book. And there's a few different ways that I think that manifests that that feeling of being manipulated. Yeah, I and think I think there's a certain helplessness too that the the business owner has. It is. They 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 you know you don't necessarily know how that game is being played, but you know it's not being played in your favor. And so that is helplessness. You think I I don't know I don't even know who the players are here. You know, what's my who is my enemy and how do I combat them? I don't even know who the enemy is. Mm-hmm. It's faceless. Yeah. Let me just read one short passage from the beginning of the book that I thought really summed it up nicely and, and got me fired up to read the rest of it. Before the rise of online ratings and reviews, ah, the good old days, customer feedback, good and bad, was a mostly one-on-one affair. Customers communicated complaints or praise to you directly, giving you the chance to respond appropriately. With the rise of online ratings and reviews, businesses now face a platform that allows virtually anyone to say anything about your business to everyone on the internet, regardless of truth or fairness. Though the discussion is about you, you're left feeling shut out of it. Can you tell us, tell the listener, a story, whether it's from the book, and there are a few in there, or otherwise, just a horror story of a, of a bad review? Horror, gosh, there are so many horror stories, aren't there? I mean, that's, this is, these are the ones that make us sit up and take notice. Yes, that's what uh, I want. The horror stories, which is always... Scare us, right? scare us, right. Daniel. Yeah, and they and and they're they're scary not just because of what they say. I mean, we don't like to be we don't necessarily like criticism all the time, but the impact it can have on the business. Um, my, uh, I'll tell a story actually from the book. Uh, my friend Bobby, who oh, the hairdresser, uh, the hairdresser, yeah, yeah. great he, story. He owned a salon in in Venice, California. I live in Los Angeles, uh, local here. A uh, really nice salon, a uh, small one, small space, got a lot of, he had great reviews. I mean, he had a, a series of very reliable five-star reviews, very legitimate five-star reviews. And out of the blue comes this one crazy customer. And, and in his case, it was a real customer, a real client, but she was a total crazy person. I mean, she, uh, without going in kind of the, to the details of it, it's every business owner's worst nightmare, this, this personality type. Difficult. Uh, demanding takes up way more time than she had booked or a lot that he had allotted for her appointment. Uh, made him run late for the day, and then dared to not just complain about her experience with him, but to go after him with lots of colorful language and accuse him of all kinds of unfair and un uh, inaccurate things. Uh, and he didn't actually see this review for uh, about a month. It was up on Yelp, and he hadn't even he wasn't even really paying attention <laughs> to Yelp, uh, which is kind of uh, lesson number one, I think, but the, what happened was a friend of his told him about the review and she, she had even debated like, gosh, I don't know if he knows about this. I don't know if I should mention it. It's kind of, 
it's Friday night. Maybe he doesn't want to. He probably doesn't want to hear this. But she told him about it, and it well, she almost thought it couldn't be true, right? And she thought, you know, at least he he must he must have seen this, yeah. uh, and if not, he needs to know about it. And it kept him up. I mean, as this is this is his business, right? This is his bread and butter. It's how he makes that's how he makes a living. So he he felt really very much threatened by it, that people are going to stop calling me. They're going to think that this is how I treat my clients, and it's not fair. And so he had that sort of knee jerk reaction, like "screw Yelp." I'm not I'm not even going to dignify this with a response, which is the the exact thing I, I hear again and again and again from businesses that have had sort of that kind of experience is that they don't even want to deal with it. It's it's like, screw them, uh, that they don't deserve my time. I shouldn't give this any uh, any attention. And that, which is that, a, which that is a bad is thing very, to do, right? It's a very bad thing to do. It, it, it sets the wrong tone, certainly in the business owner's mind, but it also sends the wrong message to every other person who might read her terrible, horrible, hateful review. <laughs> Let me just add to that with one quote from the book. He said, ignoring rating and review sites is as harmful to your business as shutting off your phone service or taking down your store sign. That's just right. That, <laughs> that's just right. And it, it, you certainly wouldn't do that, right? You wouldn't, if you're getting a lot of criticism, you wouldn't take uh, take the drastic action of shutting off your phone, even though you might want to. <laughs> All right. But uh, it, it is that sort of knee-jerk reaction. But so he ended up bending over backwards to try to get this person back, and she ended up uh, like being late or canceling to come back. And Yeah, that's just it. He, he did the good, the good thing, you know, offered a follow-up appointment to try to, to correct the thing. She canceled it at the last minute uh, and didn't show up for it, and never, he never heard from her again, and then this review happened. So uh, mm-hmm. he had done the right thing. He tried to do right by her, and yeah. she clearly had kind of a an agenda. Yeah, she was, um, well, you, later in the book, you, you, you actually classify these four different types of, of reviewers, <laughs> and we can get into that. But one thing that I think the listener needs to understand is people trust an online review from a stranger, I think only second to the recommendation of a friend. It's way up there in the 70s or 80%, something like that. I even... I mean, it actually depends what study you look at. I've seen it as high as 99%, mm. which is, I mean, it's above 90, which pretty much is everyone at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, the advertising is like 14% yeah. people, <laughs> 14% of people trust that, but they'll trust the review of a, of a, of a, of an online review uh, from a total stranger and it could even be fake. Then people will, will pay attention to that. Frequently they are fake, which mm-hmm. is one of the ways business owners get kind of entrapped in uh, a spiral of just bad experience with rating and review platforms mm-hmm. is fake reviews, which are really, really problematic. So let's talk about what business owners can do, and let's let's talk about the manipulated code of conduct. If you could, if you could walk them through that, and you know, it's it's sort of like saying, look, you know, I'd love for you to be able to take a pill and lose a hundred pounds. I'd love for you to buy something that's just going to make this completely go away. But it's almost like a lifestyle you have to take up and an attitude you have to approach. So yeah. let's, let's let's walk them through uh, what the what the good, bad, and the ugly is about having to deal with these online reviews. Well, the, what what kind of this came out of? I, I came up with this idea of a code of conduct after talking to a lot of businesses that have had great success with reviews that they, I found these patterns of things that they do that 
help them be successful with reviews. So there, there are really just four steps in that code of conduct. Uh, the first is you have to do it every day. So kind of a lot like brushing before you go to bed. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't do it, your dentist will be very mad at you. <laughs> right. Uh, or at least we'll be very happy to see you many times a year. Uh, but if you do it every day, it just becomes not only a routine, but it's almost effortless. It's just something you do every day. But it's also kind of like people, you know, you could you, you can you can manage your social media in a few minutes a day if you do a little bit every day and, and have it set up. I, I thought it was sort of similar to that. It, it sort of is. And the the other piece of the, that is you may actually have a legitimate problem that you don't know about with your business. Say there's, who knows what, there's a parking issue or a problem with the temperature in your store. Uh, there could be a, a lot of things that you might not necessarily know about. So if you are paying attention to reviews every day, you're going to see that and go, oh God, I need to fix that before it spirals out of control which is kind of what sometimes happens. And in the old days, companies would pay good money for that kind of customer feedback too. That's right. That's right. So that, that was the first step. The second was to take it seriously and not, not be flip about it, not treat it with that knee jerk, like screw this. I'm only going to do it because I have to, uh, you know, this is unfortunately a lot like having a phone or email address. <laughs> yeah. You, you have to take it seriously and treat it with that much gravity because this is where, for the most part, this is where prospective customers are going to find you or at least find out about you. Mm-hmm. And it's hard not to take it personally. It's very hard not to take it personal. And this is particularly as as the business gets smaller, the propensity for the, the business owner or the person managing reviews, the propensity for them to take it personally grows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the smaller the business, the more likely they are to take it personally. And for the most part, it might be a personal attack. My, in the case of that that story, my friend Bobby, he f- he felt like it was very much a personal attack, uh, and and rightly so. It, it was in in that case kind of a personal attack on him. It was pretty mean spirited. Yeah, it's mean spirited. You know, it was a kind of a, someone he knew anecdotally here and there, had met a couple of times. So it wasn't just a completely random client, but he so he even felt more kind of. Uh, personally attacked, but you you sort of have to assume, except in those extreme cases, that the person writing the review they're kind of they might even be trying to help you. They you know I've tried I've complained to them about this before and I, they just won't fix it. Uh, and it's not about you; it's about the issue, whatever mm-hmm. that, that issue is. So you know, avoid taking reviews personally. And the last one is don't cut corners. Don't try to short change or take a shortcut. You know, trying things like buying buying fake reviews for your profile, or uh, trying to short circuit how some of the platforms work. You have to, if you take it seriously, you have to treat it with some respect, or you'll get you'll get some backlash at some point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you talk in there about some of the shortcuts people are taking, and they always end up catching up with you, almost like black hat SEO. You know, you can do it, but it's ultimately going to catch up with you. You can do it, and and if you look, if you're in business to make money overnight and you're going to get in and get out, I don't know, maybe then I, I wouldn't argue against doing that. I don't think most, most business owners I forgot about that. that niche. Yes, you're correct. <laughs> there are those businesses that kind of pop-ups, right? But, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, for the probably 99% of of businesses that are not in that category, you're you're trying to have a, a long-term outlook. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bring well, that same outlook. It, I, I, it seems like one of the most important things is to pay attention and take it seriously. I had a client once, a very successful HVAC client, and I mean, they were even on the Inc. 5000 at one point, and they took reviews. They, they did everything extremely well. I'm still a, a customer of theirs. 
And one little trick I remember hearing about was, uh, this is for the listener, this is a little bonus, <laughs> a value bomb. <laughs> they said, I remember them telling me that when anyone ever called up and said, hey, um, I learned about you guys from Angie's List. Can you come out and give us an estimate? They would pull out all the stops. They would send their A team, their best people, because they knew they were going to get reviewed. Yep. <laughs> I've told a few friends that since then. And of course, they've been delighted. Every one of them has become a customer of these guys. But uh, they really took it seriously and have profited handsomely. And on a, on a personal note, a few years back, my brothers and I inherited a beach house in Florida right at the you know, bottom of the market. So, you know, we had to keep it going and we had to hire a realtor, you know, had to get it, somebody to start renting it out. And there's this uh, site called VRBO, which you're probably- I know it well. Yeah, yeah vacation run, rental by owner. So in that niche, I mean, there's one in every category. And so they, we started getting reviews for the house and some of them were pretty bad. And as you were saying, you know, you, you actually can get information from that. We really took it to heart. And sure enough, we said, all right, well, we got to pour some money into the house. And we basically renovated it, you know, <laughs> yeah. almost everything except uh, new pipes and wiring. And it's a 1938 house. And it's interesting to watch the reviews on it. It, it. The people complain, and then the management company would say, "Well, we're in the process of fixing that." And and then the reviews. It's like it's like watching a, a story, you know, the, the hero's journey of that house. So it's it really it made us better business owners. I think it, it makes you a better business owner. I had the exact same experience. I had a vacation rental uh, as well, and. I actually had the exact same experience. I was, a, I was a first timer. I had no idea. I had no clue what I was doing. No, I had really no sense doing that in the first place. But you know, I thought I'm going to try it, and I got I got some. Uh, I wouldn't say they were negative reviews, but some definitely some critical feedback. Things that were missing, things they were expecting. Internet was too slow, and I fixed it all. You know, it's I I wanted it to be a successful rental, and you could see, as you said, the reviews took a turn as soon as I fixed those things. Mm -hmm. In fact, one of the people who had given some of those those comments came back the next year on their trip and stayed there. And even in that second review had said, you know, I, I there were some things about it last year I didn't love, but they fixed it all. And I'm really happy, except the only problem is the, the tile floors are cold in the morning. <laughs> tile floors are cold in the morning. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to fix that. It's true, but it's I'll it's interesting. It and, I, and I love seeing reviews where they say, we're definitely coming back, because <laughs> that's yeah. the easiest money to make. Is these, yeah. And now, of course, the place is rented out nonstop at the maximum rates, and people are happy. And so it's, it's interesting. But let's talk about something that you bring up in the book that I think is going to be a surprise for folks. You say the simple dignity of a response to a complaint doubles your odds of a complainer becoming an advocate for your business. What do you mean by that? Yeah, well, this is actually research. Can from, that be true? Well, it's research from Jay Bear's new uh, book. I should say forthcoming book. It will be out in March mm -hmm. called Hug Your Haters. And there's some research from that, that that showed, first of all, when people complain, they are not necessarily looking for you to uh, show them the world. They're not looking to be wowed by your response. Any response is better than nothing, and all they're really looking for is relief. If they have a problem, I, I got the impression they just it, want to be heard. They just want to be heard, and if there's a problem and you fix it, 
you don't need to do anything more than that. You don't have to buy them a show pony. You don't have yeah. to send them a puppy and a you know a tearful letter. All you have to do is say, I'm sorry the air conditioning was cold. We fixed it. And immediately they felt like you took you took action quickly. Uh, and the the fact that you do that as actually in the experience uh, I had with my vacation rental we just talked about, it turns them into uh, an empowered customer. They feel like they made a suggestion, you listened and fixed it, and that made you a better business. And they they feel proud of that. So they're more likely, and, and Jay's research, in fact, twice as likely to go out and say, this company listens to its customers they're good people. Mm -hmm. And there is no better advocate for anything in your business than that. Yeah, it's true. And I, I'm, I'm just as, you know, that, that perfectly describes me. And I remember once a, a client, very successful IT firm, they had said, the president, he said, you know, when we're talking to a company, they're asking for references. And we say, look, you know, we can give you the names of a bunch of happy customers, but we're going to give you the names of customers where we had a problem and we fixed it. Wow. I just thought that was the most persuasive thing anyone could ever say because you're always going to have problems. It's not that we're going to have problems. It's it's how you resolve them. And if I've ever worked with another company that's like been a vendor to mine or, or, or me as a customer and I've seen them and how they deal with a customer, I really am a customer for life because yep. I'm, I, I know how bad it can be and I know that I'm going to be listened to. And I'd rather have that than somebody that says it's going to be perfect. Wow. That's... That is a ballsy move. <laughs> yeah, well, this, this, they had a really good company, yeah. and it was extremely well run, uh, and he would say that, you know, and I, I just thought that part of it was, you know, sales like that probably got him a lot of business, but he also just ran an extremely efficient, profitable company, and he had a lot of really happy customers, and he listened. That, that's the first, that is the first lesson right there. I mean, can you, do you have the discipline to listen and hear? yeah. So many things in the book can be deceptively easy to explain, but they are some of the hardest for an organization to do. I think they are. And and particularly if, if, if it's your personal investment, if you, you built this thing from scratch and how dare someone come in and accuse you of doing something wrong, like you know better than anybody else, right? Well, yeah, but also maybe you could make a mistake, but they're, what if they're lying? Like that, the Bobby situation, they, right. She, it was not what happened. There was another side to that story. The, well, there always are two sides to the story. And I was really, I was really gratified when I was doing the research for this book. Cause this is the question that almost every business owner asks, like, what, what do I do? Okay, fine. I get criticism. I can take it. I get great reviews. I'm delighted. But what about the person who, you know, alleges I did something I didn't do? And Here's, I found some research in, in writing this book that just made me so happy when I read it, <laughs> which is, uh, and I, I kind of came up with a, a phrase for it called the perfect review sandwich. When a, a business owner sees oh, yes. see a stack of reviews together, you see like a, maybe some, a really good one, a really good one, an amazing one, a couple of neutral, neither here nor there, a bad review, and then, you know, some other ones below it. What, what sticks out to the business owner, of course, is that bad review and they think, uh-oh, <laughs> this is going to this is going to take me down. And actually what the research showed is that consumers I mean people know not everybody has a perfect day every day. No no company is perfect. And they see that that bad review as just kind of the nature of business. I mean 
not every customer is going to be happy. There are some crazy people out there in the world. And so when they look at it, they they see the whole context of those reviews as positive for the business. Like, you know, if if I was going to a, a restaurant that only had all five-star reviews, I'd be a little suspicious. Mm-hmm. But if it had a couple of negative reviews and they said, oh, we're, we are really sorry you had that experience. Please try us again. I think, okay, this is legitimate. Yeah. They're not trying to, they're not trying to quell the, the furor here. Yeah. And so I called it the perfect review sandwich because you, you can't, you can't necessarily run away from those negative reviews. They're going to be there, but you also, you don't have to panic about them. It's not necessarily the end of your business. Mm-hmm. I remember we got a really bad review in the beach house a few years ago and my brothers were panicked and I said, guys, I've actually heard this is going to help. <laughs> well, of course, we had to fix the problem, but still now you can see this uh, story there and it, it, it just seems more credible. It seemed like, well, you know, everything goes wrong with the house. It's, it's how they deal with it. That's but let, right. me, let me mention one other thing. You said in your book that while it might seem like a good idea to solicit reviews from every customer all the time, this might actually be a big waste of time and effort. Why is that? Uh, well, there are a couple of reasons for it. Uh, if you happen to be on the Yelp platform, on on this specific example of Yelp, and a lot of businesses are, Yelp takes a very hard line on soliciting reviews. They actually tell you not to do it, not to even suggest writing a review on Yelp. And I, I don't necessarily agree with that stance, but if they catch you in the act of doing that, uh, either a customer sends them an email or something like that, they might put a scarlet letter on your profile that says, attention consumers, this business is soliciting reviews. So that that's reason number one, is you, you might run afoul of the plat- particular platform that you're, that you're on. Not all platforms treat review solicitation as, as aggressively as Yelp, but they all have some manner of not wanting you to do it. Mm-hmm. But the other point is asking random people to write reviews for you on these platforms may not necessarily be all that beneficial in the first place. Uh, If the review platform doesn't know anything about them, for example, on Yelp, if they don't know who the author of that review is, maybe it's their first review on Yelp, they're not going to publish it anyway. It's going to go on under the filtered reviews and all of that effort you put in to get that great review. It may be a, an amazing five-star review. No one will ever see it. It's a drop in the bucket though, because they don't, they don't tend to write reviews anyway. Right. So your better, your better case is to kind of segment your customers uh, to use that methodology and, and sort of try to learn a little bit more about them. You know, if someone has a really great experience in a, and they tell you about it, you can kind of ex- go in an exchange, particularly if it's a live conversation, to say, "Great, how did remind me? How did you find us originally? Were you on TripAdvisor or Yelp?" Mm-hmm. And they may say, "Oh, I, you know, I use Yelp all the time." And you say, "Great, well, we we always love feedback. You know, if you ever think to leave us feedback on Yelp, we we love it." And that's it. That's all the conversation has to be. But if they they say, oh, "I don't know," someone sent me an email or something. Yeah, you know, just asking to go write a review on Yelp is is not necessarily going to be all that beneficial (laughs) get a free dessert right right great well daniel if readers took only one thing away from the book what would you hope it would be well this this is something i reinforce again and again uh with businesses it's it's don't panic you know if you you typically if you're not doing reviews now your path into an experience is via a negative review someone tells you about it you see it 
you get an email alert and you panic. Mm -hmm. And that's really the wrong place to be. First of all, don't, don't panic. It's not going to take your, your business down. It's Uh, never helped me in any business situation, actually, now that you think of it, panicking. (laughs) It, it, and it doesn't, it doesn't help, right? As you just said, it's not going to get you anywhere. So don't panic. Mm -hmm. I guess it's the, the one thing I hope, I hope people learn when they, when they read this. Yeah. Among all the other helpful things. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I'm actually going to buy a copy of this book and I'm sending it to the management company that manages our beach house and I'm specifically going to say, "Look, guys, if you don't have time to read it all right away, I want you to read chapter 8 and 9 about very specifics about uh, about the reviews." Well, before we wrap up, let me ask you a couple of quick questions popular with the listeners. Is there a recent marketing book that you've read that, that you recommend? Absolutely. I actually just listened to your podcast uh, oh, with thank you for Brian listening. Kramer uh, wow. and his book, Shareology. I, I, I happened to read it a few months ago when just when he was publishing it uh, as a, a friend of his. But I, I really like that book. I've, I've gone back to it a couple of times. I think there's some really great nuggets of uh, human insight in there that, uh, that I really like. So I, I, that is one book that I've recommended to some others. And when I asked him, what's the one takeaway uh, the listener might have, I remember he said, you are what you share. And <laughs> I, l- I left a, a video review of his book on Amazon, and I, as I'm going to do for your book as well, I, I said, you know, I, one of the great things about this podcast is I get to read a lot of really great books, and that one was one of the most interesting I've read lately. It really was fantastic. Hmm. So are there any uh, marketing books or uh, business books you look forward to reading uh, that are coming up? Uh, well, I would be remiss. Uh, I, I work with Jay Bear, uh, and probably a lot of your listeners know of him. He has a new book coming yeah, out. Yeah, he's been on the show, and he's going to be interviewed on the show about that book. That's great. Yeah, his new book, Hug Your Haters, is a it's a riot. I've read. I haven't actually seen all of it. I've only read pieces of really? it. Really? It is. It is a riot. It, in typical Jay style, the stories are salacious and great. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that's going to be a really, really popular uh, book, and not just in the marketing world, just all circles, because it's, it's yeah. compelling. Very much on this topic of kind of customer service, customer interaction. It's uh, interesting. So, you know, you're in L.A., and I'm almost wondering if you. You talk to people who've worked on a movie project that hasn't come out yet, and they can say, "Look, I've seen some of the, uh, I've seen some of the rough cuts. It's really going to be fantastic. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one." And I mean, even his last one, Utility, was just, it was just fantastic. It really was great. Yeah, absolutely. So, how can listeners best find out more about you and your book? Uh, I've got a fledgling, uh, growing website. It's manipurated.com. Uh, there's a great blog there, and it will be uh, updated as it get a little closer to the launch of the book, which is the 1st of December, so that everything that uh, people want to find, they can pretty much find me there, and I'm super easy to get a hold of as well. Uh, I'm uh, happy to hear from from businesses. Yeah. The name of the book is Manipurated, How Business Owners Can Fight Fraudulent Online Ratings and Reviews. The author is Daniel Lemon. Daniel, thank you very much for being on the Marketing Book Podcast. Thank you very much. 
And that closes the book on another episode of the Marketing Book Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and found it helpful. If you are one of the hundreds of listeners who have left an iTunes review, please let me return your kind favor by mailing you some Marketing Book Podcast bookmarks and laptop stickers. Just send me your mailing address anywhere in the world and I'll drop it in the mail. And remember the words of the entrepreneur, author, and motivational speaker Jim Rohn, who said, Formal education will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune.